the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Planted. I'm Sarah Pion, your host, and today we have Maya Elizabeth, the founder of Ohm On. Welcome, Maya. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, Maya has been making amazing products for years. She is, her brand is actually one of my favorites in my classes. I talk a lot about her Epsom salts, which I am a huge fan. Maya, welcome to the show today. I'm just really excited to have you on, and I know we've got a lot to talk about. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's an honor to be here, and I can't wait to dive into all the things cannabis today. It's a great day to celebrate the healing properties of cannabis yeah. on 215. I know. It's, <laughs> it's a historic day. I mean, this is where California basically set the stage for the rest of the world around medicinal use and then and then eventually legalization, which has its own issues that we'll talk about today, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. But before we get into that, what was, would you share with our audience what your first cannabis experience was? Sure. Um, Well, the first time I smoked weed was out of like a Super Mario can with my older brother at the park. And I got busted because I also smoked a cigarette and my mom smelled my hand when I got home and I was in big trouble. I didn't really get high that time. The first time I got high was actually like a year later. I was 13. The first time I smoked, I was 11. The next time I was 13, maybe 12. And I got so ripped and I felt so freaking good. It was almost like my ears were on an airplane. Like that's how high I was. It was like underwater sounding and my body was so floaty and everything was so funny. And I ate so many different things. Like the munchies were so crazy. And I I just remember having the best day and not being worried at all, even at a young age. It was an interesting time for my family and my development. And so um, from that moment on, I actually was in love with weed. And I've been smoking super tough all day, every day since I was 14. What made you decide to get into cannabis and, and develop your line of products? Well, I just, I love weed. So I smoke weed every day, as I just said. Um, and I, I strive to get it in and on my body every day. Um, so the, the formulations kind of came naturally. They were just things that I wanted to make for myself to use, you know, like bomb essential oils and different face oils and all the things I like to use for my hair and skin. Um, but with weed in them, you know, and, um, I went to San Francisco state for college, I studied psychology and that whole time I just didn't really know weed was an option. Um, and then my roommate got me a job at a dispensary that was called CMC, Canamed Care at Polk and Sutter back in the day, like 15 years ago. Um, and I became a bud tender there and I was already smoking tons of weed every day, but I would like wait till I was done with waiting tables. I was a waitress for like 12 years. I'd wait till I was done with my class. But then I got to CMC and I got to basically roll people's joints, run people's volcanoes, make people's medicated drinks. We had a medicated barista station, um, serve countless patients and then um, also sell the clones. And it went on to do other things like, you know, cooking for the staff meals and all this stuff. But like I had this full round the world cannabis experience and I knew from that point on that I would just literally never go back. 
I could never, ever, ever have another job again. And I didn't know that, like, where we were all going, that, you know, we we're on the brink of this legalization a decade later. But I went on after we got shut by the feds and the IRS, which many clubs in that era did. Um, I went on to become like a career trimmer. And then I was a career hash maker. And I always had my side hustle. They called me the weed Mary Poppins because I would make all kinds of products and I had my own grow. And it was just like, why would you do anything else? Really? Yeah. Yeah, right. I, and I totally understand that because that's when I made the jump to to work in cannabis. It was a very it was it, at, the, at the time it was a decision that was kind of made off the top of my head when I was in school, but I didn't realize till I was immersed in it, that that was an option for a career path. And once I was in it, I was like, this is, this is it. Yeah. Right. Like how could you go back? And then once I started doing not only cannabis, but cannabis for myself. So not working for anyone else and having my own connection with the plant and my own grow and my own way to process things and stuff like from that point on, truly, life started getting really exciting and dreams started becoming realities. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've done a lot of really interesting stuff in this space. You've had some, you've had some really interesting partnerships. You've had amazing products that have won numerous awards. One thing that I, I, my first experience with your products was your infused Epsom salts and being a, a cancer survivor, even 10 years out, I still have neuropathy in my hands and feet, but when I first used your product was when I was still having a really hard time walking. And I was amazed because I had people used to say, oh, try topicals, try this, try that. I, I understood that it helped other people, but I wasn't finding that kind of relief with using topical cannabis. And it wasn't until I used your bath and my feet felt like normal for that evening. I like, I, well, I did cry because I was just like, I couldn't believe that I could actually feel like I wasn't walking on hot coals or pins and needles for a whole evening. And for those of you out there who haven't dealt with persistent pain, it's, it's a very psychological thing. And for those of you who have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And to have that relief was like when I really started to understand the power of topicals. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, I call them cannabis miracles, and sometimes they come in the way of the topical. You know, um, I myself have experienced cannabis miracles that have just solidified my omens along the way that, like, this is absolutely the most amazing work someone could be honored to do, you know? And like many of the things that we make, we kind of, st I stumbled into that. Um, we were, uh, I used to be a member of an all-female collective called the Homegrown Collective, which we started in 2008. And it was our all-female grow. And my business partner at the time was the master grower. And I would do a lot of the watering and then go sell all of our pounds to the dispensaries at the time. Like, right. But, you know, then it was the vapor room and the love shack and kind of a different era. Um, but we had made, you know, a seed line with um, the cookie fam. So it was called the ladies line. There were all these like cookie crosses, which nobody had at the time. Um, and so my business partner at the time came in and she was like, oh, I'm so sore. Um, I, I, these Epsom salt baths have just been making my life so much better while I'm planting and, you know, doing all this hard garden work. 
um, she would dump like a whole bag at a time, which by the way, a third of the efficacy of those salts is the magnesium salt, which is Epsom salt. It's a simple mineral compound people have been using for thousands of years to find relief. It does a million things. Like it's a miracle. Okay. Epsom salt alone is a miracle. Okay. Yeah. And so she says, I'm going to go take a bath. And mind you, those expensive tanks that you float, those are just like 2,000 pounds of Epsom salt. So if you ever want to take a giant bag and put it in your bathtub, it's, it's affordable. You can do it. And it's really great. Right. So I had just made a huge batch of weed olive oil because we did a lot of olive oil at the time. I said, Hey, do you want me to put some weed in that bath? She's like, okay. And I went in and I put a huge, maybe a cup of super strong cannabis olive oil made from full flour from our farm, of course. And she came out and she was like, dude, my body is like a noodle. I am so high <laughs> right now. And I was like, oh my God, no way. She goes, yeah, I'm high. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm taking one. <laughs> and I went and I ran a bath and I came out and I was like, oh my God, I'm high. And it took me a while to recognize that it's actually the colon, which is absorbing like a sponge. Mm -hmm. And the womb space has more cannabinoid receptors than anywhere else in the human body. Is that not our creator saying, put this here? I don't know about Absolutely. you, but that, that says put it here, right? So I then realized, you know, these were like 1,000 milligram baths. Like I still for myself, I'll put Rick Simpson oil in a bath for myself when I really need, you know, these, these uh, deeper therapeutic. And so, um, so, you know, your scalp and your skin epidermis and as I mentioned, the magnesium and the heat from the water. I mean, so many magical things happen just when you submerge your body into hot water because every part of your body is touched at once which triggers the parasympathetic nervous system to relax. So it's just a super beautiful, like, harmony of factors, you know, and then enters these plant-based skin-nourishing oils that we use. It's like apricot, jojoba, argon, and avocado seed. Um, and then, of course, you know, the cannabinoids, which are antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, antimicrobial. Even though we're not supposed to say it, we know they're anti-cancer. Um, the plant has protection against harmful sun rays. Um, the plant has protection against different molds. Um, we keep the terpenes intact and we also use essential oils, which are other terpenes. So it's just like this truly a, a, a unique type of consumption that we call cannabis hydrotherapy that I say really deserves a category of its own. It almost hits you more like a suppository because of the colon and the wound state. Yep. So... Yeah, I and I will try my hardest to wrap it up. They're just so dang magical. I can't help but like point out all the amazing connections. So like, um, they provide all the things that a topical does, like helps with bruising and pain and dermatological issues and making your skin supple and post-workout soreness and all those things, you know, um, but actually so much more because it's entering the colon in the womb space. So they're really good for anything below the belt that nobody wants to talk about. Any bud tenders out there, trust me, the patient is more embarrassed than you, I bet. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're also kind of like, you know what I mean? They're the product for everyone because there's no chance of a bad trip. Like when I smoke weed, it's passing my brain. When I eat an edible, it's getting my head high. Like those are the things that someone can come back and say, I had a non-medicinal experience that was too much for me. The baths, there's just no such thing because it's actually just entering below the belt. And so it literally doesn't give you a quote high but it's an undeniable, super palpable mind and body relaxation. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that it, it's essential for you to talk about all that because people don't really understand 
when I discuss in classes, like the different modes of use of cannabis is like you have to almost look at them as separate substances in themselves because of how they manifest differently in our bodies with how we process it. And the baths are just such a special thing because like you said, they do behave more like a suppository. We have all those, it's, it's like a, it's like a suppository sublingual topical that's very it's, it's systemic and i i actually had talked my husband into taking a bath when we were still dating i i no longer have a tub but i used to have a beautiful clawfoot tub that i gave up for love it's still in san francisco <laughs> oh my god what a woman you are <laughs> you know there are, there are things you just have to give up but he he hates baths and he sat in it and he to this day he's like it was like having a full body massage I was floating several yes. inches you know up, up over the floor when I walked out of that and it's these are I think the conversations that we need to have about the all the different ways to use it because you know someone might do really well with baths but maybe not so well with the other modes of use and that's what I think just makes the plant so special is that there are just so many different ways to do it, whether it's modes of use or chemovars or, and, and like when you're getting into, you know, the genetics, just the fascinating genetics and the properties. And I just, I love it. And, and, and that's, you know, that's why I love talking to people like you because you really, it, are immersed in it and love geeking out about it. And, you know, on that note, what are, what are some other things that you're excited about? Sure. Yeah, no. So, well, I'm obsessed with cannabis hydrotherapy. So like this, it's interesting as I dive deeper into this, like recreational realm, quote unquote, it's like, there is even therapeutic topicals and recreational topicals. So you think of an Epsom salt, those are a one-to-one ratio. Those are very therapeutic, you know, and we just released these rosin bath bombs and those are so much more recreational. They're like a little square with a super cute weed leaf and they're chemical free, but they're made with rosin and they're twice as much THC. And I'm just basically obsessed. We did three different flavors and just so interesting to see that there really are two different demographics, like, and people actually want recreational topicals as well. So it's fascinating to think that one plant could provide so many different forms of relief and so many different desired side effects, right? So on top of all the things we just talked about, let's not overlook sexy time. Like I've gotten so many couples testimonials like, yo, those salts or like that bath bomb, like, oh my gosh, me and my friend we're just like so loose and relaxed and it's not the same you know regretful behaviors like alcohol yeah yeah and then um also on top of that you know the government patent for cannabinoids is for antioxidative properties and neuroprotectant properties so by definition antioxidants cancel free radicals and free radicals are what cause wrinkles and illness so like once again, on top of all that, there's like this beauty perk, like, oh my God. And it makes fine lines go away. And like the magnesium is good for your hair. It's just like, is there any in the argon oil? Like, is there anything this plant doesn't do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you know? what, with the recreational side, I, we're this coming weekend, we're actually going up to Sonoma for Jeff's birthday. And we're staying at a place that has like big Japanese soaking tubs and you bet your ass I took a few bags of your bath salts <laughs> to take up great. with me. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's just so great. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh my gosh, on top of that, you're going to like increase someone's orgasm. So like, that's, it's a so, so trippy to think about. So like we make a love bomb and that's B-A-L-M, love bomb. Um, and I call it love bomb because it's just like five ingredients of pure love. It's shea, butter, coconut oil, olive oil, calendula, and cannabis, right? <clears throat> Super strong, 420 milligrams of THC in a two ounce jar. And the thing that tripped me out about this was that I was receiving testimonials from long-term married couples. So it's not just like you jumped on the magic <laughs> horse one night <laughs> and had some, you know, excelled climactic experience, right? It, it's actually people who knew each other's bodies super well have been doing the same things for like decades, right? And they were like, whoa, that was actually something new for us. We both had a heightened experience and heightened performance. So it's just like fascinating, you know, yeah, think about. Yeah, yeah. it is. And that's, I, I, it's, it's funny that you're talking about this now because, well, yesterday was Valentine's Day. And, yes. you know, for the past week, I've been doing different sex and cannabis things in honor. I mean, you know, I mean, we, Valentine's Day isn't the only day that people have sex, but, you know, it always seems like it's, it's a great, you know, time to have those conversations. But using cannabis, you know, it increases your sensitivity. It's a vasodilator. And for women, especially like not even just sexy times, but like using, you know, things like your love balm or cannabis lubes can can help with, you know, lubrication and any sort of discomfort that a person's having. It's a great it's great for intimacy. It's great for aftercare. It's great for daily care. I mean, it's I and, and I don't know. Would, would you want to speak some more on that? Because I know, you know way more yeah, than like, I do. I love talking about this. Like <laughs> some of my business partners and they're like, yeah, could you stop with the suppository talk? I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like girls like us, like, or people with wounds like us, like we're not sick. There's nothing wrong with us. We just almost want to like treat it like our face. And like, we love weed and we work for our own money. So it's like, this is one of our forms of self care. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that resonates with you, but I'm like, wow, there's like a whole, like, army of us out there oh it totally resonates for me it's it's a conversation that we need to have more often yeah it's super interesting so it's like even just just looking at the bare basic undeniable facts that cannabinoids are antifungal antibacterial antimicrobial um and antiviral and like i said before we can't say it but we know that they've killed cancer cells in many tests so um reputable for me, that's a no-brainer, that with, like, the abundance of receptors in there and a space to, like, protect. So it's, like, there's never really a time that a, a, a person with a room space wouldn't need need or want or, or benefit from having cannabinoids in there. So, I mean, of course, once you're of age, right? So mm-hmm. it's, like, first you have your period, you're bleeding for, like, eight years of your life, literally. That's, like, a fact. Like, the average Western woman bleeds for eight years of her life. <laughs> So that's a long time of pain and discomfort. You can dip your tampon in this love bomb or any kind of coconut oil that's cannabinoid rich or use an insert. Um, You know, then you're hopefully at some time maybe sexually active or having self-love or love with another. So there's another use for it. Everyday use just to protect your space. Like how many people do you know are dealing with abnormal cells or abnormal pap smear, you know, just as like a preventative and a maintenance and, um, you know, a remedy. 
Um, and then you go into menopause and a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but there's a vaginal dryness that people occur Mm -hmm. that occurs for people. And then there's even stigma of like your partner, like some people are really open with their partner. Some people may not be, you know, so what if you could actually put a little cannabis repository in and wait in bed and then your lover doesn't even know that you used anything because maybe you're not in the place that you can talk about that. So in my opinion, there's never really a time when it's not like advantageous to use this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, when people get fascinated about it, it's just like with cannabis in general, it's an invitation for people to become more in touch with their bodies. Yes, it is. I really, really, really like that. And that's, I think, one of the biggest, your your products really bring up bring out that invitation and being able to have those conversations about, you know, whatever we put in our bodies creates a reaction. And sometimes it's to help with discomfort. Sometimes it's just to add to the pleasure. Sometimes it's, it's just maintenance and it's, it's all beautiful. I really, really like that. Absolutely. You know, this plant brings such an abundant of vast therapeutic offerings and, on top of that, you know, she's like, oh, and I'll like heighten your orgasm and make you sleep and eat super well and just make you have a general, you know, upgrade in your quality of life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's it's important to note, too, that these are the conversations that are coming forth, especially from companies with female founders. And, you know, it's 2.15 today, which when we look at what we were doing back in the days when we only had medicinal cannabis, we had a lot more female founders uh, that were, you know, creating their own products, leading companies. There was just a lot more leadership and you were one of, one of the first in, in these times. And it, what, how do you feel as far as being a female founder and the landscape of what's going on now and, and what we need to do to really, it, because and I love guys. Guys are wonderful. They come up with great products and at too. And there are some really thoughtful, sensitive, soulful men out there. So guys, don't think that I'm dogging on you because I'm not. I love you too. But I feel like a lot of the really thoughtful products that are that especially address intimacy and women's issues are the ones that are created by women for women. Yeah, you know. It's interesting because um, traditionally, women have always been responsible for the harvest, right? Mm-hmm. A traditional, like, you know, in our evolution, the men even have their mind that's developed in this way where they don't lateralize. Like, they literally don't lateralize. They're either on the right or their left side of their brain because they're hunting. And that was what they needed, a focus of razor-sharp silence to sit all day and stalk their prey and hunt with a bow and arrow. The women, on the other hand, would be back at home on the homestead doing 20 things at once. You know, they would have a baby on their back or on their breast. They would be flipping a tortilla, tending a fire to keep it cooking, um, weaving a basket, um, making yarn, collecting berries, and chattering the whole entire time, telling the other girls very detailed informational stories about what happened when they ate this berry and how that bush over there came to season at this time and don't ever eat that other berry because it looks the same but it's actually poison i mean it's crazy how like we develop differently Mm -hmm. also i 
I hope I'm not going to offend anyone these, this day, like these days, because this, I don't know if this type of story like resonates with everyone or this type of information, but to me, it's just super interesting. Cause like, that's where I, I kind of resonate with cannabis in this sense where like, it wasn't until I was part of larger medicinal grows that I had access to huge amounts of organic trim, you know, mm-hmm. and that really blessed up my life and changed my path because if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have been able to fumble my way through and learn my own techniques of infusion, you know, and then once we evolved to have lab testing, we got to really start to hone in on our skills, you know, so I'm almost like, for lack of a better way of putting it, and I'm saying this in the nicest way about myself, like so crazy (laughs) about this like (laughs) identity that I have where like it's so natural and authentic to me that like I wake up and there's 10 more formulations in my head, like that I almost don't even see the men and the sexism, but like I, I also am very well aware of it and I hear about it all the time and I know it's like a real thing. So like, and I've almost, almost just like strong armed my way through, like, well, forget it. You know, if, if we're going toe to toe, I'm going to win the contest. And then we have like nothing to talk about, you know? So I don't know, maybe it's like a slightly special experience of how we luckily have gotten this far just based on like pure belief and like passion. But I will say, I know for a fact that investment amongst cannabis founders that are female is down overall. And I'm really sad to have seen that green bubble pop. Because four years ago, you remember how everyone was talking about the grass ceiling and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, like it came in hot. (laughs) Like it really came in hot for women. It did. And then like, I think it was a mix of a lot of different things. I think part of it was a little bit of, um, you know, um, something trendy and and a fad and part of this green bubble that I think we can safely say has pretty much popped (laughs) at this point. Um. And then, you know, COVID happened, which I think threw everybody off. So who knows if it would have been a little different if we had kind of been able to ride out that green renaissance. Mm-hmm. Um, but where we are today, like, I want to see more women in the space. I need to see more women in the space. I think women have a natural talent with cannabis, uh, the female plant. Yeah, um, I agree. And I, I feel like there's just, there's... There's more, there's a lot of thoughtfulness when it comes to creating products, to thinking about like some of the mistakes that have been made in the industry in the past around choices with extraction methods and hardware and things like that. You know, we don't see as much of that stuff going on in female founded companies. Yeah. Well, especially (laughs) for some repository, right? Yeah. or even the baths for that matter, because it really does touch every part of your body. I'm just like, wow, like we we can't use like red 40 down there, you know, or anything nasty, really. Yeah, that's it. And I feel like with a lot of the, there are some really thoughtful companies out there that are really looking at the fact that, you know, we need to use natural colorings and natural flavors. And like, you know, back in the day when we were seeing things like, you know, peg being used in vaporizer cartridges. And I just remember watching that and going, Oh my God, what's what's that going to do? We don't know what that does at a high temperature. What does that do to a person's lungs? We know, we know it's added to other things, but in this day and age, we have a lot of chemicals and products that we, 
we should and we do and whether it's for you know economy or you know people wanting things done quickly and that's what makes that happen getting the results you need in the long run the long game shows that it harms human beings and i'm really glad that i don't know i, I just have it seems like every year i always say yeah the word for the industry this year is hubris and it hasn't changed yeah it is very interesting to see what's happening isn't it i mean let's let's should we address the elephant in the room yeah let's do it <laughs> I mean, that this, you know, that, that essentially, you know, the cost of growing a pound is more than you can sell it for now, you know, of a sun-grown outdoor per license permitted. And so you see a lot of people with a surplus of cannabis as the flood is just crazy. Some of them are super well-funded. Some of them aren't. And, you know, people have started blending over into, well, I'll just make a gummy. And it's like, if you buy my flowers, I'll give you the gummy for free. Right. Yeah. So, and, th and that's going on to like other parts of the market too. So it's just very interesting to like watch and look at, you know, how it's all happening and, and where it will go and like, just be grateful if you do have some type of, you know, brand loyalty or reputation or foothold in the market already, then you'd be in a better position than a lot of other people. Yeah. Yeah. But even so there, there's more room for abundance if we didn't have, I mean, we were pre-pandemic, we were already looking at massive extinction events. And I remember, and I think I've, I've actually brought this up in other episodes when I was in oversight committee and the controller's office was doing a report on the price per gram and how it was, it was going up in the Bay Area due to competition. And, <laughs> and I just started, I, I kind of chuckled and I got on the mic and I was like, nothing ever goes up due to competition. You know, we have extensive, extensive taxation throughout the cycle of sale, of creation and sale of the plant to when it gets to the consumer the standards that we're held to are even more stringent than the organic produce market and the cost of doing business in California, much less the Bay area is exorbitantly high. And so when the state is, you know, disappointed that they're not getting the tax revenue that they expected and that the traditional market is booming, I'm always surprised that they're surprised because if we actually had reasonable taxation, because we do acknowledge as businesses that, taxes do need to be paid that we would not only the state would be getting more money from the businesses because we'd be able to sell more product because it would be affordable and there would be more businesses that would be able to actually compete and survive because they wouldn't be having to pay through the nose to exist much less the fact that and I know you know this as a business owner that we don't have the same when we're getting to tax time we don't have the same write-offs as other businesses either so we're paying oh. How many times the amount of a regular business in taxes? Yeah, absolutely. No, I know. It's like, it's actually so stressful <laughs> to be in cannabis. Um, yeah. Like, oh my God. People say it's like a startup every day. I was like, that's even putting it lightly, you know? Yeah, you have to have a real love for it. And when people say that they want to get into it, I just, I kind of, I just, that's, that's the one thing I always say is like, you can't, can't be getting into it because you're wanting to make wads of cash. You have to love it. And then I almost feel like saying, and bless your heart. <laughs> I know it's awful, but yeah. 
they don't realize like, yeah, it's exciting. Yes. It's, it's fascinating, fun stuff. And we're always learning, but the pain that goes along with it, especially the anguish, if you've put your, you know, body and soul into creating a company and a product, and then you find that you just can't make it. And we, we see more and more of this. Yeah. It's really sad. You know, um, I think there's been a lot of people like basically spending money to act like they're making it, you know, and you thought you needed that money for them. Wait till you see what's coming up next. I mean, I think it's just going to about to get like a whole nother level tighter and higher around here as new players enter the scene. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I hear a lot of people, you know, are angry at like, you know, the legacy market, and like, I understand there's a thriving legacy market in California. And I personally can't find myself to be angry about it because first of all, I hope I don't get myself in trouble, but I still source my medicine from the legacy market. I mean, I'm not going to go pay for super tax triplets weed. Like I can't, you know, it's just not, it's not, it's not right for my consumption. And um, the interesting thing to me is like, we have to remember that the legacy market didn't thrive like this until the taxes were too high. Yep. And that's what made the legacy market thrive. And a lot of the people that almost made it in the compliant market either chose or were bumped out and are now participating in the legacy market. Like you can get just as good stuff. Oh, you can you get know? better. Uh, I'm saying, yeah, you know, and I actually realized as I'm saying that, I was like, maybe I should not say this. I'm sorry, Sarah, if I'm saying the wrong thing. <laughs> no, you're not. Like, this is, this is the time for truth. Like, no, it's just real. It's a reality. Is that like, we can't, we have to remember to not get it twisted that actually the legacy market is thriving more than ever mm-hmm. now. And it's because of the crazy taxes. Yeah. So that's why I I don't think that the legacy market's the problem. I think the taxes are. It's true. It is. It is. The taxes are the issue because we we had an amazing opportunity to get everybody on board to the taxable market and have, you know, all these people working in the legacy market, you know, being on being seen as entrepreneurs by you know, by the state and the state screwed it up. Plain and simple. I, I, you know what else was screwed up? If California legalized it, how come each county was allowed to make different laws? I mean, you and I both know people that paid rent on a building for so long that they weren't able to use because the place decided, the county changed its mind. Yeah. And and then said, yeah. And I also know people who, who were renting out, you know, spaces to cannabis companies waiting for permitting solely on the thing that they were hoping that they weren't going to get the permit so that they could just collect rent while these people were, you know, treading water. I think I I might have lost you there. Oh. Oh, now I hear you. Do you have like a What? Now you're breaking up. I'm, let's see here. I'm going to make a I, notice. I, I saying, you know, like a train that keeps going by at your house? <laughs> no, are you hearing something like that? Oh my God. Yeah, let me walk upstairs and look to you if it gets a little better. <laughs> um, oh my God, so funny. I was like, like, this weed is really good or I'm getting abducted by aliens or something. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. 
No, I was doing witchy stuff. I was burning all my wishes from last year because it's a big full moon tonight. And then all the planets go direct. So it's going to be a time where all of our wishes and prayers to be set into motion. It's a, it's, I, I, I didn't even realize like where the moon was right now. I've been just like, I, this is one of those times where it's like, you got to like get back in your body. I've been rushing from moment to moment. It's, it's a, it's been a busy couple of weeks with just so many things going on. There's been the, you know, Save California Cannabis Coalition really trying to push for lowering taxes so that companies can survive. There's just so many things that have been going on that I, I just, I get distracted with, you know, what else is going on in the world? Just being immersed in all oh, of this. Absolutely. So when we're, we're looking at the future of cannabis, what do you, what do you, what do you see? What do you, because you've, you've been doing this for a while. You've seen the ups and the downs and, you you know we all anticipated what was going to happen when we passed legalization um most of us i know for me when people would ask you know when they were they're saying you know not to vote for legalization my biggest fear was that if we didn't pass at that time it seems like every time that it would go to a vote with normalization more people felt comfortable getting involved which to me meant more greed and more rules that didn't necessarily serve the people and small businesses. And so that's why I initially went for it because I knew it wasn't great, but I've had a fear that it would be even worse the next time it came on the ballot. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that and on the future. Well, I am sad to see, you know, how crazy it's gotten for California. Um, and the reason is because of the same reason why we have the best food. It's our crop and our geography. It's, um, it's our soil and things that can't be purchased. So it's like, you know, imagine our farm to table produce and our beautiful coastlines and the best weed in the world and a population that's like a country. Like, man, we really could have done this thing right. Um, so I'm sad, you know, like, I don't know if you've been to Spain, but you go into some of those social clubs and you, you're offered wine, you can have an espresso, everyone's smoking weed. It's just like so beautiful. And I don't know why they had to treat the weed scene like almost like a jail or there's just like no sexiness in it. And that, that makes me sad because we could have had a super sexy, like, commerce where people were traveling all over the world to come experience it like Amsterdam used to be. So so I do have sad reflections. Of course, my heart bleeds when I think about this plant and how out of, um, out of sync we are with the spirit of this plant, with the way a lot of these laws have been written. But am I grateful that so many people that didn't have access before now have access? To cannabis, yes. Am I grateful that so many people that had no idea what cannabis could do for people now know, even by a topical miracle? Yes. So am I grateful to participate? You better believe it. So I'm just here trying to survive and make my way through <laughs> with 
these turbulent times for everybody during COVID. Like this is what year three, you know, and cannabis had no bailouts. Um, yes, we were deemed essential. I think that was a turning point for cannabis. I'm super grateful for that. Um, it would have been nice to have some more support. And obviously, clearly something needs to happen about these taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the end of the you know, and I mean, uh, I hope this doesn't make people hate me. Like, I'll be honest. I actually voted no. I hope it doesn't make anyone. I, I voted no twice. Like, can you believe that? I think you're right to. It was just so crazy. But it's like. It's not because I wanted it to be illegal. It's quite the contrary, but it's because I already had my hands in there and I was already, you know, courageous enough to just dive in and take a risk. And like some of the real medicine makers just really did that, you know, so I saw what I experienced, what we lost and I saw what we lost and I'm grateful to be in a new place and there's no point in going back, you know, but I hold the memories fondly to my heart. And I do hope that we can still rectify the situation. Like if they even just changed the taxes, even just that alone would make everything more manageable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I can't blame you for voting no. I mean, there were a lot of people who were very (laughs) pro-cannabis who saw the writing on the wall and understood that this was not going to be what we wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Somehow where there's money, like the greed always comes, you know? And so, um, you know, for me personally too, like my crusade, one of my crusades in my mind is like, what about those terpenes though? Like we're talking about saving businesses, but it trickles down to like actually saving terps. So that's the real heartbreak for me. Like I got into a dialogue with a dispensary owner um, that was just basically saying they didn't care about terpenes because they only wanted to sell based on potency and like I understand that you know the consumer gets there and you say look this one's 90 something percent like get this you know and they're like okay it's a super easy sell right and you can't really smell it anyways and all that stuff but um if we don't educate people on the therapeutics of ganky ganky bomb bomb weed that you know got all the turps intact and really good organic sun-grown cannabis um, it can it can disappear, and some of the low yielding but super loud therapeutic strains can disappear. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I always you know you can't love weed if you don't love outdoor. You just can't you can't love weed if you don't love outdoor. No, there's nothing like the sun. And and when people are talking about potency and they're just looking at the the THC levels, what they're not realizing is that a huge part of that potency is the terpene profiles. Like I remember back in the day and I jeez I miss I miss it when we would actually be able to open up the jars and measure out because from from an educational standpoint that was both educational for the people working there and also for the people purchasing but I remember like having J27 on the menu which was you know in the mid 20s for percentage and I remember having people purchase it saying it was really good for their pain relief but it was actually quite functional And then I remember, you know, trying different flowers that were at like maybe 13% THC, but had a very interesting terpene profile that felt even stronger than that flower that was in the 20s with their percentage of THC. And that was like a huge learning moment for me where I was like, it's not, that is not the end all be all. And really we need to be looking at, you know, all the different components that make up cannabis that create that spectrum of feel 
that create therapeutic effects. And it's going to be different for each person. And then when we're looking at like just being able to, you know, of course, the one thing I don't miss about having open jars where measuring things is when somebody would reach their hands in the jar and I'd have to almost slap them with my tongs and be like, no, you can't touch it. Would you want to smoke something that all of San Francisco touched? No, you don't. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah. being able to send people home with the same thing that they smelled and being able to actually, you know, educate our staff on bud structure so that they could look at something and actually know exactly what it was from the structure of the bud and what it smelled like. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's like nature's design, you know, that you could have a, a terpene imprint on your um, olfactory memory and be able to, you know, remember what medicine may or may not have worked for you. Yeah. It's just so interesting. Yeah. It's so, so interesting. Um, you know, I ended up saying to that person, like, so then what are you going to do? Like smoke distillate? Cause it's like a hundred percent potency, oh. but you know what I mean? And uh, time and time again, they've asked cancer patients, do you want this Marinol pill, which I've taken before and it was fun? Um, or would you just, you know, prefer to take a hit of a joint? And each and every one of them would say, I got more relief from taking a hit of a full flower joint, Oh, you know, than, than taking down. some often segmented and dissected, isolated, processed, you know, thing right yeah well that's itself right it's just so much more medicinal it it is and that I actually learned that firsthand because when I was going through chemo I I used to I was I had infusions from every other week from Wednesday to Friday and my mom was doing cancer research at Baylor in Dallas so on those Fridays after I got, my nurse would come in the morning and unhook me from my chemo, I'd hop on a plane and go see my mom. And part of my getting back into my body after chemo was being able to use cannabis to help eat and get rid of the residual nausea and just like, and I'd be really achy and my neuropathy would just be popping so bad that it was even like in my eyes and my nose. So traveling to Texas, I wasn't going to be taking my weed with me because you don't fool, you don't mess with Texas. <laughs> so I got a Marinol prescription and I took it with me there. And I lost a weekend with my mom because I was just a groggy bitch. It was so awful for me. It did not help me with anything. And that was when I started to learn that isolated cannabinoids on their own for a lot of people don't do a hell of a lot. Absolutely. And that's, I think what we need to start, you know, really, really talking more about, especially, and also like when we're looking at, at, I feel for people who are in areas where they don't have access to cannabis, but when we're looking at these synthesized cannabinoids that are coming out of CBD, that's some dangerous shit. Absolutely. What do you think about all that? So I'm right there with you. I mean, I'm like a huge proponent for Rick Simpson oil. And, you know, even at home, we do, um, we use rosin in a lot of our products. And we also use a broad spectrum um, 
concentrate. It's like black, like Phoenix tears. It's super runny and it just has tons of supporting cannabinoids in it. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's like, maybe I can call it a full spectrum, but it's, you know, it's, it's full of different cannabinoids. And when we use that with the full spectrum rosin in a blend, you know, you hear about it. It just gives people a more supportive experience. It, it gives you many more benefits than just some little flat spike that drops you, you know, abruptly after. Um, and so, you know, I think that we should really be continuing to educate people on uh, the values of full, full spectrum medicine. Yeah. Um, I also wonder if there's going to be some type of check going on that um, can come and verify people. Like, just like there was the whole movement with the different chihuahuas, like, you know, you can't say it's Humboldt grown um, unless it's actually from Humboldt, you know, or you can't say it's champagne unless it's from champagne, France. Like, I wonder if someone will ever come and check that everybody is, you know, in fact, using full spectrum when they say so. Right. Right. So that'll be interesting to see where we get there. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of work to do, you know, and I know also like as this, as the industry is just going cuckoo, like, you know, you can, you can really easily get non-solvent material now for, comparable prices you know you don't necessarily need to choose chemi stuff if you don't want to yeah and it seems like there's um there's a lot more of a movement for people acknowledging that there's nothing like the sun going back to when you were talking about sun-grown cannabis you know it's you can't I, I remember having somebody say to me oh you know i have a indoor grow with full spectrum lcd lights and i just had to chuckle uh-huh I know, I know. I, I, there's so much misinformation, you know, like not to like knock anyone, you know, I don't mean to knock people, but like people think that live rosin is solventless, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it, or, I'm sorry, live resin is solventless. And it's, it's, it's not, and it's not that I'm against, um, you know, concentrates with solvents, you know, the, the broad spectrum one that we use is like made with an alcohol solvent. So it's just like, you know, but, um, you know, it's got to be done right. Um, yes. and it's good for people. To, and I think that the bud tenders oftentimes don't know. Yeah, there is, it's, I, I think that there's a lot to be said for a culture of a company for empowering their bud tenders with education. There's, there's a lot of, a lot, it's a disservice to them and their professional development and to them serving the public by not well educating them on these things. And, and you're right, you know, there's, 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 I don't have anything against certain extraction methods, but they have to be done correctly. They have to be done thoughtfully. And fortunately, with our testing in California, we have, you know, more, more things in place to keep the consumer safe. But we also need to be really truthful around the conversations, whether something is extracted with a solvent or not. Yeah, well, see, and, and so for me personally, like as a consumer... I will smoke any type of concentrate as long as it's done right. So you could have used butane solvent. You know, if you got it all out, I'm down to smoke it. If you capture the terpenes, I'm down to smoke it. You know, um, I think there's benefits and drawbacks to every single type oh, yeah. of extraction. 
Um, you know, but that being said, of course, you know, non-solvent is my fa- is truly my favorite. I mean, Me there's just this capturing of terpenes that can only be captured when they're fresh. You know, um, they do the fresh frozen harvest and then you know keep it frozen and then wash it there. It's like a lot. If you've ever walked through a living garden in bud, a lot of the like tuberose and gardenia and really light florals and Hawaiian florals, um, they disappear when they dry because they're so volatile. So that's truly a delightful experience to be able to taste, um, you know, all the different flavors that Northern California has to offer. Because I mean, I really don't mean to sound any type of way. And I really don't, I, I don't. I'm not lying when I say I, I do think it's the best hash in the world. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think when you're, you know, talking about methods and, and, you know, what you think of them, I don't, I don't see it as, as knocking other people's processes. It's a, it's a part of an ongoing conversation to help everybody develop and grow and to do the best that they possibly can. And how can we not do that without having these conversations? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's really true. You know, and that's that's the thing. It's always I always feel like, you know, uh, talking to somebody like you, other, you know, people who've been doing this work for a long time when we're having these conversations, it's not about taking down anyone or their products. It's about the call to 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 have a certain standard and to continuously learn. And that's that's actually one of the things I love about what we do is that we are continuously learning. And I learned so much from all of our colleagues and it's, I really treasure that. And I make as, as, as frightened as I am for the future of cannabis, especially in California, I'm also extraordinarily hopeful that, you know, we, we have people like you who are, who are constantly striving for excellence and showing, you know, how things need to be done to inspire other people and also hopefully to inspire better policies on the state, local and national level. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you for the kind words. Um, and, and thank you for all that you do in the space. And, and I, I think that, um, you know, people that truly love cannabis and consume it and have been touched by it in some type of way, oftentimes become guardians and seem to hold it in a, in a better light, you know, and, or, or they may know someone who they love and care about that directly received some type of cannabis miracle. And, um, you know, I'm just grateful to keep doing the good work. And I hope that we can continue to do better. And I hope that they're going to give us some tax breaks. I hope so, too. We have a we have a lot to work on in the next few years. Um, wow. We, gee, we sure we sure talked. We're, we're like... <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I, I just think this is a, a great conversation. And I also want to make sure that people know how to reach you and follow you. So if they want to reach out to you or follow you and your company, what's the best way for them to do that? Thank you, Sarah. That's really kind of you. Um, So we are located in the Bay. Our kitchen's in Berkeley. We're a female-founded legacy company. Um, And we are at omliving.com. And our Instagram, which we're pretty active on, is um, Get Ohm Living. And please don't hesitate to join our email list and reach out to us in any way. 
And thank you, everyone, for listening. And for those of you out there who are in states where they don't have cannabis programs, Maya has a CBD line. And normally, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, you know, you have to be very careful where you're purchasing your CBD products from um, and know that when you're, especially when somebody's already working in the existing cannabis market, but especially for somebody like Maya, who's been doing this for a very long time, who's well respected, you can actually order her CBD products online and know that you're getting a quality product. I had to put a little plug in there for you because I love you that much. <laughs> Thank, you, dear. Thank you so much. No, you know, um, you can get um, you can get really high quality hemp CBD that's grown in America um, that is broad spectrum. It just doesn't have THC. And so that's what we use with essential oils. We do all of our salts. We do bulk buckets of the 10 pound salts because Epsom salts are great for that. If you want you can wrap it oil and add it to the CBD salt if you want, um, if you like that. Uh, and, yeah, we do a little ice stick, same liniment. It, like, ices you out with one essential oil and some body oils. But no edibles, just topical. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And for those of you out there who want to follow Planted on social media, remember that we are twice a month now. We are Planted with Sarah Pion on Facebook, on Instagram. We are Planted with Sarah. And on Twitter, we are Planted with Sarah. We are also www.plantedwithsarah.com. Our parent network is the Radio Misfits Network, where you can find all of the episodes. And we are wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We are on Pandora, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Everybody, thank you for joining us today. It's always wonderful spending time with you. And remember, it's a crazy world out there. Be safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another. And until next time, stay curious. Mm -hmm.